Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. I'm your host Mitch Michaels. Welcome to episode number 250 of the podcast. It's been a long journey. We're going to keep going over four years now. A lot of football to talk about today. Sean Sullivan's going to join the show a little later to talk college football, the playoff rankings, the December regular season games that we have, and much more as we pick some games. But first up, it's Chris Miller talking about the NFL. Who's the best team in the NFC? We seem to have to decide that week to week. What to make of uh, his Raiders laying an egg. My Browns are 8-3. and three. And uh, the Steelers, we actually recorded that before they remained perfect, perfect on Wednesday afternoon football. But the Chiefs are coming. The Steelers are undefeated. A lot to talk about in the world of the NFL and college. Chris Miller, Sean Sullivan on the Money Mitch Effect. Let's start the show. All right, back now on the Money Mitch Effect. Please be joined by recurring guest of the show to talk some football, Chris Miller. Chris, thanks for joining. And this is, by the way, episode 250 of the Money Mitch Effect. So thanks for joining. Wow. Well, it's always fun to be here. Glad to be back. Glad to be here for this historic 250th episode. Congrats to you on a, a long run. Thank you, sir. And, uh, you know, 250, it's a, it's a good even number. Really, uh, really pumped to uh, to have this. Uh, I didn't outgain Tyreek Hill, though, so it's not as, it's not bigger than what he did on Sunday. So, uh, just a couple more, you know, episodes, and I'll get to him. But uh, Tyreek help is on the way. That's yeah. And there's a lot of different ways to start. We still, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday, and the week's not even over, which is uh, Tuesday night, and the week's not even over, which is insane. We're gonna get to that in a second, but. Yeah. All that I've learned so far about the uh, the NFL season, still without knowing what the Steelers' you know outcome is going to be against the Ravens as the only undefeated team, mm-hmm. what I learned was the Chiefs are still the best team in football, and they deserve to be the favorites going into the playoffs because they're rolling, they're beating good, solid teams. Mahomes yep. has complete control of the offense. Tyreek Hill is arguably the best playmaker in all football, and yeah. they're just buzzing along, ten and one. Beat the Raiders, beat your Raiders, beat the Bucks. You know, this Barely is a team. Barely. Can we just can we put that in there at least? We can. And the Raiders are their only one. So We can. But the point being, <laughs> it's hard to look at the Chiefs as otherwise uh, the favorite going into it. I just think that they're hitting their stride. And, and somehow, again, you know, seeding won't matter. They're, they're just floating under the radar for them with uh, them peeking into uh, form at the right time. Yeah, they are scary good. And the defense is still eh, good, not great. I mean, if they if they start playing more like they did second half of last year, I mean, we're looking at a, a repeat championship. Yeah, I also think, too, that some of the – like, obviously, that Raiders game was close. This game, the final score finished a lot closer. But uh, with Tyreek Hill going for 200 yards and two touchdowns in just the first quarter, finishing with 269 on the day, you had hmm. Mahomes over 400 yards. They mixed in the running game. And the decision you – know, what said it all to me in this game – was Chris the decision to throw it on at the end of the game twice with Mahomes instead of running the clock out? They say no, we got the guy that's going to end this game right now, and he did. Yeah, they played a hell of a game, and, and, and kudos to to the Bucks too for you know clamping down. And I don't know if that was just their solid defense finally figuring things out, or finally playing you know, zone or giving or help was, to Tyree Kill. <laughs> exactly, or if it was just a matter of the Chiefs kind of taking their foot off the gas and 
trying to to run the ball up the up the gut on the Bucks, which is like the hardest way to run a ball against that team. You know, so they did they did make it respectable. I mean, it was a three point game at the end, but I don't think the score really shows how much the Chiefs just dominated that game. They really did, and I know this is a weird year. Uh, unless there's more cancellations, it looks like there'll be just seven teams in the playoffs, so the Steelers are on track to get that one by, even if they do, Chris. And I'm saying this is someone that's rooting for a playoff team that could draw the Chiefs in the first round. Mm-hmm. It would completely shock me if they lost early. Like I, I, don't, I, I don't think it matters whether they get the bye or not because – there are teams that could beat them. I just don't see them getting tripped up in that wild card round if they were to be the two or the three seed. Yeah, definitely. And honestly, if you go back to this season, the only team that's really given them fits was the Chargers. And it just seems to be that the Chargers defense, for whatever reason, matches up well against the Chiefs. Right. I, uh, yeah. That was the only time the Chiefs offense kind of struggled this year. But other than that, yeah, I don't, I don't see too many teams that are gonna, you know, be much of a threat for them unless the Raiders happen to, you know, get a wild card spot, and then, you know, <laughs> anything can happen at that point. They're one of one for this season, so yeah. yeah uh, and then the Raiders doing it with their offense more than anything, as you know, just bleeding clock and controlling possession there. But you know, the Chiefs, they get the ball last. I mean, you got to like their chances. Uh, some yep. note on the Bucks now, who fall to seven and five on the season. Now two and five against teams with winning records, and Brady's got eleven picks in twelve games. So uh, you know this hasn't been vintage Tom Brady, and there, there's a lot to discuss as to why that might be. I think it's reasonable to uh, to see that a 43 year old quarterback isn't as good as he was, but there are some significant issues with the offense in play. Whether Bruce Arians need, needs to bend a little to what Tom Brady's good at, I think I think both can be true. I think the offense should be a little more flexible to Tom Brady's needs, but also he just has to play a little better. Yeah, agreed. And I think we're still looking at a team that isn't quite gelled. You know, to be honest, it's hard to say that. Well, they're running know, out of time. <laughs> correct. But, you know, and then you add someone like Antonio Brown, and that sort of changes things up. So. Yeah, former we'll Raider it, legend, we'll... Antonio Brown. Former <laughs> Raider legend. <laughs> what, you know, the funny thing is, like, like yeah. up until like this season, like when they were showing, like you know, oh, Antonio Brown could be coming back. He was always wearing a Raiders uniform. He didn't, he didn't play a single game for the I Raiders. Know. Uh, Brady's <laughs> going to uh, be yeah. Brady's going to be in un, un, uh, familiar territory because they're going to be playing Wild Card Weekend now. If they bear down, Chris, they get the five seed. They play the NFC West winner. That's a gift, but it still is an extra game that Brady isn't used to playing and even being in that weekend, let alone being a lower seed. So something different. Yeah. I don't think Brady's having a terrible season. I mean, the thing is we're looking at this in in the context of we're so used to Brady being just amazing and dominant for so many years that he's still having a good season for most quarterbacks, not in terms of picks, but he's still having a pretty darn good season. But I still think there's just some pieces that they're just trying to – to get worked out. I mean, yeah. they also had some injuries. Mike Evans was banged up. You know, Godwin's been banged up. So I think if this was a fully healthy team from start to finish the season, I know that's a, a huge ask in any for any NFL team in any season. I think it's a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it's a very solid team. 
They're a team that can run the ball really well. And, you know, their defense, when their defense is on, I mean, they are they're good. I mean, they have probably one of the better front sevens in the league right now. So I definitely wouldn't count them out. I mean, they're, they're going to uh, <laughs> be a, a tough out for any team that has to play them in the playoffs for sure. I agree with that, uh, but I do want to mention that the last time you were on, uh, I was asking you who the best team or best position team in the NFC was, and we both kind of liked the Bucks. It's no longer the case. While they're still dangerous, they're not in that pole position. It's, yeah. it's completely wide open, though. So I'd have to ask you, looking at the other three suitors, who that best team in the NFC is right now, the Saints, the Packers, the Seahawks. I mean, and we can look at it from a sense of, what the final record might be and how they might look going into the playoffs. But of those three, who do you think is at the top spot right now? Oh, boy. That's a tough one. I mean, the Saints are obviously a really good team. I mean, even they're playing well even without Drew Brees. You know, I mean, granted, they played a Broncos team without a quarterback. Um, yeah, literally. But... Not just with, not just like, <laughs> you know, not, not, not just somebody terrible in there, you know, like Carson Wentz. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They literally had no quarterback. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like if if those are my three teams, I got to go with the Packers. I mean, the Packers are they're scary good on offense, yeah. and their defense is serviceable. Even against the Bears, who was supposed to be this you know top tier defense, Aaron Rodgers just looked so comfortable back there. The offensive line is healthy again. It looks like Rodgers is back to just having fun playing football. Yeah. And when he's relaxed, you know, and he's having fun, uh, he is hard to beat. And the Packers look really good. And at, right now, I think they're my team to beat in the NFC. So here's where I disagree with you on. I do think that the Packers are a pretty solid, consistent bunch. But I have an issue with them in terms of matching up with physical teams. Mm-hmm. So they've struggled. They got destroyed by the Bucks this year. The Niners yeah. seem to always beat them up when they play, and like the last year's NFC Championship game. So I think for the Packers, they're gonna just—it's gonna be how the playoffs break for them, because yeah. I think they do match up well with a team like the Seahawks, who I might put slightly ahead of them. They could play with them, they can outscore them, they could beat them. But if they draw, you know, the Bucks, the Rams, some uh, teams like that, even the Saints, who, you know, didn't didn't look yeah. great on offense. We're gonna get to that game in a second, but. Their defense has never looked better, I think, in the last couple of years. The, the Saints' defense isn't just a quality unit. It's one of the top five or top ten or so in football right now. So yeah. I would I would go see I would go Seahawks because I trust Russ in the moment. DK mm-hmm. Metcalf is leading the league in receiving yards. He, he had his career high on Monday against the Eagles, 177. And, and we can criticize the Eagles all we want, but Darius Slay was guarding him, and he made all pro last year. And, yeah. and Metcalf destroyed him. So the last point on the Seahawks I want to make, though, is they traded for Carlos Dunlap. They needed something at the pass rush. They got at, they got Jamal Adams back at safety. So yeah. their defense is getting to quality, and that's literally mm-hmm. all you need when you have Russell Wilson-led offense and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So I think that team True. getting some players on defense, I'd give a slight edge to, but look, it's wide open, and that's what honestly makes this fun. Yeah, I think – for me, the the NFC just feels like a a coin toss, you know. Or you know, you could just put all seven potential playoff teams in a hat, pick one, and that's probably the team that's going to win, you know, the NFC this year. That's yeah. the way it feels. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really feel like any team is like this is the team. Like mm-hmm. like in the AFC, where you have the Chiefs, 
you have the Steelers, you know, like those feel like those are the teams to beat, right? Absolutely. I'll get, we want to get to the AFC in a second. I just want to bring up the Saints again because yeah. we talked about that game and, uh, and COVID's impact on the season. So the Ravens Steelers <laughs> game gets moved to Wednesday. We've been pushing this game back for since last Thursday. So we're on a six day <laughs> delay right now. But yeah. the NFL did make the Broncos play against the Saints. And they made them play with a practice squad receiver who played quarterback in college, Kendall Hinton. It went about yep. as good as you would expect, one completion. Uh, the Saints mm-hmm. just managed that game to a victory. Uh, props to Hinton for, for you know even doing what he did. It's, it's the hardest task, I think, that we've seen in sports in a long time. Yeah. I, I get why the NFL did it, because the Broncos broke protocol and they wanted to punish them. But... I just think that it does feel a little arbitrary. Like, why is there is a there is a justifiable criticism that the Ravens, who had a staffer allegedly break protocol as well, they're getting their game pushed back, and the Broncos aren't. So I, I understand that side of the argument, and I don't know what to tell you. The NFL is going to rule as they seem fit, but uh, it wasn't a pretty football game to say the least in Denver. No, no. I mean, one completed pass, thirteen yards, two picks. You know, to be honest, he completed more passes than I think I would have completed in that game. Uh, You know, so kudos to him for, you know, even going out there and and giving it a shot. But this was kind of my thing. And I was to your point with the Ravens game being moved. I mean, this kind of bothers me. I'll be honest. And I think the only reason why the Ravens are getting this treatment, to be honest, is because it's the Ravens Steelers. It's a marquee game. They don't want to cancel it or they don't want to like force it to be the Steelers versus a practice squad, even though it almost is right. the Ravens. I mean, there was a time when like the entire Raiders offensive line couldn't play and they weren't cleared until the day before and the league wasn't going to give them any concessions. Yeah. There's one side of this, though, that I think is worth repeating. If a game gets canceled, the team that's not at fault who gets the forfeited win, they don't get game checks. So that that's part of why yeah. you're not seeing a rush to cancel games, and I totally understand that. But it did come out today. All three Broncos quarterbacks who weren't allowed to play all tested negative. They're going to be back at practice tomorrow. So in theory, we know our answer, right? This game could have been pushed to Wednesday just like the one we saw. And 100%. So, They've already been cleared to play next week. Mm-hmm. So... So, yeah, I I, uh, I understand both sides of it. I, I do think that there's some favoritism involved, especially a team like the Steelers who are chasing perfection, the Ravens, who are now in a, in a playoff battle. But yeah, uh, it remains to be seen. Chris Miller here on the Money Mitch Effect. Uh, going to the AFC, you mentioned you know the teams like the Steelers, undefeated. The Chiefs are in uh, you know prime form to uh, make a realistic shot at repeating. But mm-hmm. that, that third team in the AFC... And we were waiting on them to finally make their mark, but I'm 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 saying it right now. It's Tennessee because this Tennessee. is this is what we've this Ooh. is what we've been waiting for from this Titans team. It's working in AJ Brown, who's emerging as one of the top young receivers in football. And, oh yeah, and Derrick Henry the last couple weeks is showing you why he is probably the best running back in football and is an absolute weapon to have on your offense. So. This is, you know, they, they dragged their feet a little bit. They had the COVID outbreak. They've had some inexplicable yep. performances. But what they did to Indy's defense and how their offense gelled from start to finish was uh, phenomenal. So I think they look like a clear third-best team in the AFC right now. Yeah, I, I don't fully disagree with you. I I kind of put them in a toss-up with the Bills, to be honest. 
I don't think the Bills are quite Tennessee. I would give the edge to Tennessee on this one. But let's also, hey, while we're at it, let's also not forget Tannehill's actually playing a pretty darn good season too. He is. And and it was their defense that let them down in a lot of big games earlier. Um, yeah. And I know head-to-head doesn't mean a whole lot. I know the, the Titans did, did you know destroy the Bills in that wacky Tuesday game. The Bills, for me, love Josh Allen. Diggs is a huge playmaker. And you know how I feel about uh, Dable Con plays, similar to Arthur Smith in Tennessee. But their offensive line's a little weak. Uh, the Chargers yeah. got all over them. I think Joey Bosa had, a, had three sacks, could have had four or five. Uh, yeah. That's an issue for me is the O-line play uh, for the Bills. But, uh, no, I, I just think – There's just the fact that Josh Allen has a tendency to be – In the playoffs. Yeah, we haven't seen it. And then yeah. one game just not show up at all. We haven't that's seen it. In, the edge yeah. in this case to Tennessee because I feel Tennessee is consistent – Right. And they've done it in the playoffs before. We've seen it. Like we saw it last year where they beat the Ravens. You know, they beat the Patriots. Um, they gave the Chiefs a game until Kansas City pulled away late. We haven't seen Josh Allen really do anything in the playoffs. Now, he does look like a completely different guy. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that Bills-Chargers game, the Bills were kind of were kind of dangling it there. You know, the Chargers are, I know they're, you know, 3-8 and eight or whatever, and they've blown a lot of games to a lot of people. But the Bills <laughs> were vulnerable in that game. Uh, if they were playing against a competent head coach, because I, I think Lynn, we're going to add him to our tally, right? Like it's it's going to happen very soon. Hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> I guess we should do. I guess we should do maintenance on that really quick. Where are we? So we're at a point right now with what two gone already? One gone already. Dan Quinn, right? Dan Quinn, er, Quinn's the only one that's been fired so far. I think so. Oh, no, uh, O'Brien counts too. Oh, O'Brien. O'Brien yeah. and Quinn are yeah. the two. Okay, that's right. Yep. Gase is for sure. Gase is gone. Like that. That's that's happening. Yeah. They're keeping him to tank the season because he's such a bad coach. <laughs> yeah. Gase. Is, I, I can't see any reason why Gase would be would be around next year. Yeah. So Gase is three. Doug Marone is going to be four. Just going to put that in permanent marker as well. <laughs> okay. And, and Lynn is five. And yeah. We can stop there, but I'm going to say at least one or two more. Um including uh, I think we have a one-and-done candidate in Big D. That's my uh, my bold pick. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like he has a chance to stick around. I mean, it's tough. I mean, you you lose your starting quarterback for the year. It's hard to blame. You know, I mean, they've – how about this? I think Nagy has a chance of getting fired. I think – turn the season around i think nagy has a chance to be fired i think a certain super bowl winning head coach from a few years ago has a chance to be fired and doug peterson yeah yep it could be i mean we're <laughs> this is going to be a big this is going to be a big year for our calculations uh so we, we'll have to maintain that chris miller here on the money mitch effect uh i know one team neither of us said in the uh, third best team in the AFC was my Cleveland Browns, and I'm okay with that because I'm realistic. They're eight and three. The <laughs> yes, schedule has been great. Um, yep. Love Stefanski. Still love him. Still love the running game. The defense uh, could be a little better, although they were missing Miles Garrett. Of course, that's going to make a difference. And the Baker thing is in full game manager mode. But you know what? At this point with this team, I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And here's the thing. First off, with Baker, like I. That whole game manager designation, I feel like people throw that around like a negative thing. Right, And I right. don't understand why. I mean, that's kind of the point of the quarterback is to manage the game. 
you know, people always called like Alex Smith. Oh, he was a good game manager. No, Alex Smith was a good quarterback. He is a good quarterback, you know, and he's showing that again. But going back to the Browns, I think they're doing what you're supposed to do. They're beating the teams that they should be beating. Having Chubb back is definitely a, a huge lift. And and here's the thing. Honestly, I feel like Odell Beckham getting hurt was a good thing for the Browns. Like, I feel like they've been playing a lot better without him on the field. And it's crazy, but... Yeah, I want to get to that point in a second, but we forgot. I mean, we're going to look stupid. Matt Patricia got fired this week, too. So add him to the That's list. Right. That's three. That's they just canned they just him. Right? Oh, I'm, I'm going over seven. That, set the line at seven and a half. I'm going over. Um, but oh, I, I would take the over on that, too, to be honest. It's crazy. Uh, but back to your Browns point. Uh, the, the last thing you said, Odell Beckham, they've played better. They've they've obviously gotten more out of Jarvis Landry and, and you know, yeah. Baker Baker may have had to, you know, reel it in. They're going to miss Beckham though against top teams. And I think it's one of the reasons why, you know, you look at how they've performed against top teams. The thing that's, you know, those two games in division is what's keeping, keeping everybody from fully jumping on the bandwagon is that yeah. they got smoked by the Ravens in week one. It is week one. Obviously the Steelers yeah. beat them pretty good. They lost yeah. that physical game to the Raiders. Uh, aside from that, they've, they've won the rest of their games, but yeah, I say this as somebody that would like to see Baker make better throws because there are moments in games where he misses wide open guys like last game in the end zone. He could be yeah. better. He could improve. But knowing what you need from this specific team, they don't need him to throw for 300 yards a week. They need him to minimize interceptions, which he's done a lot better job than last year. So yeah. that's the big thing. The Chubb-Hunt uh, combination is great. Austin Hooper's back. And, and I think, look, how they finish is strong. They got the Titans this week. Here comes a step up in competition. Whew. While I'm not expecting a win, it would be nice to play a big game and not just get completely, you know, destroyed. <laughs> so right. that's where my expectations are. I'll take I'm not gonna be happy, obviously, with a loss, but you know, seven point loss. I'll be like, okay, we hung in there. Some things to yeah. work on, but you know. So that's where I'm at. And and it's great to have a team that's looks like they're primed to make the playoffs. But there is something important about finishing the season strong, and the defense does need to improve. They've got some injuries in the secondary, so uh, we'll see where we are. But Chris, your Raiders, on the other hand, I was so ready before uh, before last week to have you riding high with uh, what oh I thought would be a win. Instead, we got the most uh, unpredictable result of the weekend, a 43-6 to loss to the Atlanta Falcons of all teams. I don't know what happened. I, I saw some of the turnovers from Carr in the offense. Yeah. But uh, this was just a complete, complete egg, a complete goose egg laid by your Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, it was from all facets of the game, horrible. I will say this, though. While the score doesn't look like the defense played well, the defense actually played pretty darn well. Um, Atlanta was playing on short fields for a lot of the game, and the defense was able to hold them uh, a lot of times to a field goal. The one touchdown to Calvin Ridley came after a horrible, horrible roughing the kicker penalty that gave the Falcons uh, a first and goal that they were obviously able to convert. But, you know, it's tough for a defense to play well when your offense can't stay on the field. And they were missing their two starting cornerbacks for a lot of that game. Arnett went out early, uh, concussion protocol. Mullen got hurt too, and he was missing for a lot of the game. And to this point, the Raiders have had like a different starting offensive line almost every game this season. And the fact that they still have a winning record 
is pretty incredible, but obviously it showed in this game that, you know, they can't just slot in somebody at right tackle and expect things to go well, and it didn't. Um, they got they got tore up uh, on that right side of the ball all day long. And why Gruden and, you know, they wasn't putting any other – putting help on that side of the ball, I have no idea. But it was just piss-poor offense performance. I mean, just absolutely atrocious against a defense that they should have lit up. So here's – when I say the following statement, that the, Ra- the Raiders are kind of a boring team. Like they're built, you know, with some big bodies and they're built to do certain things, but they're not going to overwhelm me with flesh. I also say that this is a compliment too. you know, the way they're built to play, they're not just going to get by on talent. They're not really going to run the score up on a lot of teams. It's going to be physical. It's going to be long drives on offense. It's it's a lot of precision in that regard. So with yeah. that, with that said, I think the margins aren't quite as big as some of these other teams. You know, the Chiefs, the way they play and even teams lesser than them. They could get away with a turnover, a sloppy play, and they could put up points very quick. The, the Raiders aren't really built to do that. And and you mentioned you mentioned the Jacobs injury. I mean, this guy is one of the most unsung offensive you know skill guys in this league, oh, and God. they're not really used to playing without him. So I think that that changes things as well uh, mm-hmm. for this team. Look, it's the NFL. Every team is talented. Bad, except for maybe the Jets. Bad games happen. <laughs> It, it, this does happen. There are outliers in in just about every team's schedule all year where you're like, what the heck happened in that game? And you can even say it for a bad team. Like the Falcons are going to look back at this season and say, man, we, we, we drank the right Gatorade that morning. But <laughs> I just think that it was a big loss for the Raiders in terms of their playoff push, in terms of seeding. The AFC, we talked about the depth in that conference with teams like Miami, the Colts, are, you know, they got beat this weekend. They're still around the Ravens. So, and this was a this was a swing game because now they're back into a dog fight and uh you yeah. know it remains to be seen. I mean the Dolphins beat the Jets and the Colts are still there. I don't know. I like the how the Raiders are built, Chris, but they got to get there first, you know, and there's no guarantees in this league. Yeah. So two things to 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 the points that you just made. One, interesting factoid which I'm sure you, you heard. So last year the Raiders were 6 and 4 with the chance to be in the playoffs, went on the road against the Jets, got blown out, ended up going, I think, one in four the rest of the season, ended up seven and nine, missing the playoffs. Six and four, on the road again, get Mm. blown out, and who do they play next week? The Jets. Wow. (laughs) um, (laughs) Interesting, kind of an interesting thing. But um, back to the other point, I think the Raiders, the way they're built – and we've seen it in the two games that they played the Chiefs. I think they're they're built to beat the Chiefs in a lot of ways. You know, their defense still needs some work, but I think their secondary, when healthy, is actually pretty darn good. I think Mullen and Arnett are really good, young, talented corners. But they're they're to your point, they're meant to grind it out. That's the whole point because the longer their offense is on the field, the less time you know guys like Mahomes can be on the field to light up the scoreboard. Well, they're, uh, it's good they're built to beat the Chiefs, Chris, but they got to beat other teams too. You know, it's not it's not like a showdown. This isn't. Yeah, that's true. But this isn't this isn't Karate Kid three where they just get to the final <laughs> and then they get to just play the Chiefs. So uh, you see what I'm saying there? Um, all right, no, a, a classic Karate Kid movie, if ever there was one. Um, a few other things. A few a few other things before we wrap this up. Um, I do want to mention the NFC West. 
hasn't you know has seen better days in a lot of ways. The Rams were a team that we thought could be in the mix for a top team in the NFC after they beat the Bucks. They lose yeah. to the Niners, who are just a hard, are a hard earned, you know, well coached team. They're dealing with yeah. the stuff of having to leave San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan can flat out coach with whoever's there, and he kind of owns Sean McVay. Like it, that's kind of like an underrated thing. They've swept him again this year. Yeah, yeah. Kudos to the Niners. I mean, geez, like they've had what, like eleven players on IR this year. And honestly, I was thinking about this too. Like every year, <laughs> we talk about the Super Bowl hangover for the team that specifically loses in the Super Bowl. This might yeah. be the best case scenario because. They're probably, I mean, they're still they're still in it. I mean, even, you know, they're like a game or two out, I think. with They're a game out, essentially. Uh, probably not going to make a run, but it wasn't mm-hmm. because of, you know, expectations and, and anything. It was injuries. So they have kind of that built-in excuse. If they fight hard down the stretch, they can look at this year as saying, look, we, we dealt with adversity. We couldn't overcome the loss of talent, but, you know, we're still all engaged and ready to rock and roll next year. So um, that's yeah. how I look at it. The Rams are looking at it like, why does Jared Goff have to self-sabotage us at least once or twice a game? Because that's seemingly <laughs> what happens in their losses. Some dumb decisions or some turnovers by their quarterback. Yeah. I really want to like Goff. I really do. And I think he's a I think he's a pretty darn good quarterback, but he has like Matthew Stafford slash like Eli Manning syndrome. You know, although Eli Manning also has two Super Bowl wins, but mm-hmm. you know, where you watch them like, okay, this is a good quarterback. Wait, why is he making that? Th- oh my God, Jared, why, why, Jared? And, you know, and it's just, <laughs> yeah, I know, it's frustrating because th- that team is talented. I mean, they're stacked on both sides of the ball. They should definitely be uh, better than a seven and four team. Just still a good record. I mean, they're only a game behind the, the Seahawks, but <sighs> yeah, yeah, it's tough when your quarterback makes bonehead plays. That was a big chance to pick up ground. You mentioned wanting to like Jared Goff. I really do think that uh, you know McVay would 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 like shot collar some sort of dog tag on him to kind of just zap him when he's going outside of the script. I think that might help him. Um, you know, and and also wanting to like Jared Goff, I really want to like I really want to like Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach. But that game against the Patriots is everything I don't like about him. He doesn't understand how to manage clock in a lot of situations. And some of the play calling is, uh, is well, it can be great at times, is a little suspect. That's a game that, you know, the Cardinals are one Hail Mary away, Chris, from being on a four-game losing streak. Yeah. They're not playing well. They're not finishing. They're not executing. And it's not a talent thing. They're out. They, I think we can see that they have more at least offensive talent than a lot of the teams that they're playing. They've got yeah. to execute, and I do think it starts with the coach. Yep. Yep. I think anytime you look at a team that's stacked on talent, that's, that's underperforming. I mean, that to me definitely screams coaching issue more than anything else. So Chris, we've, uh, we've reached the the end of the week here and uh, we are going to just touch on some, some games we like next week uh, before, but wrapping up this money Mitch effects uh, segment here, you've been dodging a bullet with your mascot bets. Uh, The Raven, the bears are just falling completely off. And uh, the Ravens, uh, it seems like that's the case too. So, I'm uh, I'm gonna suggest I'm gonna suggest uh, an opportunity for you to kind of liven the stakes a little bit. <laughs> you just really want to see me in a costume, don't you? Well, yes, but it can't just be a top team. I mean, I, I'm I'm in that point too. Like I'm a gambler at heart, and it's got to be something outrageous. Okay. So, 
I have a I have a, a bet for you. I was thinking about NFC East, but that's not fun. All those teams are terrible and, and you know, congrats to you know, the Giants for probably gonna win this division with the seven and nine record, but the six, bit, and ten. six and ten. My friend who's a diehard Giants fan is pissed that they're actually ahead of the division right now because it's Gettleman wants them. I know, I know. It's uh, the only team. The only team that would be, I guess, happy to win this division would probably be Washington, because they're just like whatever. Let's start from the ground up anyway. And Philly, they could. They and they could. could. They're right there. Philly and Dallas had too high of expectations. They're upset, and the Giants hate Gettleman. Uh, so my my bet for you is because I'm looking at the playoff picture in the NFC. Okay. And right now. By uh, by my math correlation, the Cardinals are in that last spot with uh, a six and five record. So six okay. and five essentially is the last spot. So that means the door is open for some teams. My suggestion is, and I'll say instead of Super Bowl, I'll say NFC Championship appearance by the Minnesota Vikings. You have to dress up like a Viking. An NFC Championship appearance by the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, so that's they, a, you know what? Here's the thing, though. It's pretty take, fair. It's pretty fair pretty when you think bet. about it. Like they could get oh. in, and then we just talked about the coin flip theory. You know, true. If, I'll so. take that. But here's the thing, though. The Vikings are this team. Like now, granted, out Dalvin Kirk got hurt. Cook got hurt, but when he's when he's healthy and hot, like he's unstoppable. I mean, he's a big reason why they're even five and six right now. And I think he's what they said he's going to be fine to play next week. So. Yeah, I'll take that bet. If the Vikings, if the Vikings make it to the NFC Championship, two, game, yes, which they'd have to win two playoff games. Yeah, what kind of are you talking about? Just wearing a helmet with some horns? Like, oh what no, are, like, oh, we're we're going bigger than that. Um, oh, I I pictured their old mascot that got upset because the team wasn't paying him. <laughs> oh, uh, was it uh, Ragnar or whatever? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you get the idea. Like an old school bike, like like a fur vest. Well, you know, vests obviously. We we can get creative with it. it. It can obviously. We're not we're not trying to go authentic on how expensive that would be. But you get the idea. I mean, I'll wear like one of those helmets with the horns, with like the yellow hair, like like braided long hair that they wear. Um, and they paint my face purple and yellow for you. I think we're on the same page. I think there's I some think great pretty opportunities. Confident in, that, in that bet, though, I think I have. Yeah. I think the Bears have a better chance of winning this division than the Vikings do of making it to the NFC Championship game. But okay, so what? Okay, so we got three bets going. So okay, yeah, this Ravens, will be the last one. Yeah, Ravens winning the Super Bowl. I have to dress up like Edgar Allan Poe, mm-hmm. right? Yes. <laughs> Bears winning the NFC North. I have to dress up like a bear. Yeah. And if the Vikings make it to the NFC Championship game, I have to dress up like a Viking. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I might make you write a letter to uh, Alan Page saying how the Purple People Eaters changed your life. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I would do that. But I would also ask him for a jersey. Well, yeah. See, that's that's good. Okay. It's fair. Because I don't look. It's only fun when it's the long shots, right? That's that's what of makes course. this fun. I mean, the look, odds are it's probably not going to happen, but it could. Dress up in these outfits, it's going to be kind of a long shot. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Um, and the bears aren't happening. We can just cross that off right now. <laughs> and that's over. 
I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to jinx anything, you know. You never know, but I have a feeling they're done. I just don't see the Packers, you know, stumbling nearly enough for the Bears to even win the division. But, you know, stranger things have happened, right? But They have. Packers, oh, the Packers play the Eagles next week. Okay, that's a, probably a win. And then the following week after that... The Bears are going to lose that post-Patricia game to the Lions, and that'll do it. <laughs> so. Probably. And so, then the, then the yeah. Packers play the Lions right after that. So, yeah, I feel like there's a pretty good chance that, that Bears bet's pretty, pretty and safe. And the Vikings are coming on, too, so you can't, you can't forget about them for that division oh, bet as well. Oh, they're hanging around. That's all that matters. All right, Chris, this was fun. Uh, final shots, games you're looking at this coming weekend with, obviously, for me, Tennessee and Cleveland on yeah. the uh, docket. But do you also have Rams and uh, Cardinals to look at? I know you're looking at that bounce-back game for the Raiders, but uh, what what are you looking at this week uh, in the NFL? I mean, obviously, Raiders-Jets. It's another, you know, go-east game against a team that they should beat. So, obviously, I'm tense and nervous on that one. Bills Niners. Yeah, double we... header on Monday, and then Tuesday yeah. we got Cowboys-Ravens, so more wacky yeah, days for football. Not super excited about that one, but Saints-Falcons? Let's see if the Falcons are actually legit, you know? Was that a fluke game that the, the Raiders just played that awful, or did the Falcons actually start to turn things around? I definitely think Browns Titans is going to be a, a one to watch because I think it'll give us a good sense if the Browns are actually the real deal and if they could, you know, make some noise in the postseason or if they're just a good team that's been good enough to beat bad teams. And uh, yeah, that's it. Bills Niners will be a fun one. You know what? Steelers. Washington actually might be a pretty interesting game, too, with the way the Washington's defense plays. Um, they have some of the best pass rush in the league. So it'll be interesting to see if they can actually uh, put some pressure on uh, on Big Ben. Can't wait. So excited. Chris Miller, thanks for joining the Money Mitch Effect, uh, episode 250, but more to come. Uh, thanks for coming on. 250, yeah. Of course, here's a 250 more. Always a pleasure. Love being on here. Thanks for having me. Once again, huge thanks to Chris Miller for hopping on the show, talking some NFL football, and adding another bet to his repertoire. We'll get him one of these times. I don't know. Maybe the Viking one. I'm more optimistic. But uh, thanks again to Chris for coming on the show. All right, now now it's time to talk about college football with Sean Sullivan. Sully produces the Yahoo Sports College Football Podcast. And he has a lot to talk about the college football playoff rankings, the games we like and dislike this weekend as we try to formulate a teaser, some thoughts on Tennessee and Florida as well. And he is, of all alum, not very happy as a lifelong fan. Here's Sean Sullivan now on the Money Mitch Effect. All right, back on the Money Mitch Effect. Recurring guest of the show, Sean Sullivan, to talk college football. Sully, great to have you. Episode number, nice even number, 250. You were with us at the Ooh. beginning, so uh, thanks for coming on and keeping it going. Congratulations. Before we get started on 250 episodes, that is 
quite the feat. That's a lot of hooey and applesauce, as Dave Damashek says. That's a lot. That's a lot. I'm toasting to that for sure. Um, a lot of college football. We're in December, and we're having regular season football. It is a, it is an insane year, but we've got to finish out to the regular season. A lot to discuss. Um, the first thing I want to bring up is a quote, and I just want to pull it up here and see if it applies to you. Mm-hmm. Sully, have you, mm-hmm. will you consider your, uh, your hatred of Florida a friendly type of hatred? No. <laughs> I know he's Canadian. Look, Josh Palmer, you're that's, that's a great excuse. That's that a great excuse that he's Canadian. He's a Canadian. So that that's 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 the only thing where I give him a pass there. But still, you're a senior. By now, if it's more of an indictment on Butch and, and Pruitt, honestly, but not instilling and brainwashing the hatred like my father and mother did uh, Florida from the onset of birth. But yeah, I, I think I think they're. It's not a good sign for Saturday because Eric Berry ain't walking through the door. We'll, we'll get to that game here in a little yeah. bit, but uh, yeah, we will. It's gonna get ugly real quick. Um, just want to recap what's happened. You know, the last couple of weeks there has been the the COVID cancellations, and we'll get to the slate uh, here shortly. Uh, in terms of like big storylines, there wasn't a, a whole lot of new information. I guess we didn't really cross off a lot of teams with that deep postseason aspiration, unless you want to count the mm-hmm. entire Pac-12. They're crossed off now. <laughs> yeah, they're done. Yeah, bye bye. Yeah, USC's twenty. You know, your top team's twentieth, and you're below some pretty crappy teams. So uh, not not going to reach the playoffs anytime soon. Uh, and so, and I, honestly, that's an indictment on the playoffs, but uh, we could, we could talk about that well, in another day. We could, I, <laughs> we can just, uh, we can just do this now real quickly. Uh, the playoff, is, yeah, is, it's not a great ranking. It's not a great ranking. We understand that, but I, I'm, my devil's advocate take isn't to defend them for not really having a great ranking, having a team like Georgia as high as they do, you know, sitting at number right. eight, which is just insane. But we pretty much know who the top teams are. And uh, with the exception of BYU, I don't think anybody got completely hosed in this. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, you know, Ohio State being four, only playing four games. A&M, Florida, Cincinnati is kind of hovering. Look, this is it's, – it's an insane – there's really no arbitrary way to just rank every, all these teams, right? Like, everyone's playing no, different games. It's things an impossible are task. Canceled left and right. I mean, you know. Is what it is. I think. So who moved up? Yeah, who moved up this week? North Carolina moved up after losing, so they got three losses. Right. There's just a lot of a lot of weird discrepancies with the rankings, and they're just I don't know. It's it's odd. It's an odd year. I I give them a lot of credit for even you know, uh, I guess meeting in person in such a weird time. (laughs) I don't know if credit's the right word, but uh, being stubborn enough to to go and get their steak and potatoes in, in Dallas together and rank these put out these awful rankings every week. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think I, I'm, I'm kind of just sick of seeing the same old teams and being an Ohio State fan, I'm sure you're not, but I, I don't know. It, mm-hmm. It's just taking a little bit of the soul out of the game where I feel like a BYU, like those Hawaii Colt Brennan teams, everybody was either on the bandwagon, on the Hawaii bandwagon, or they were pissed and like, no, they're going to get killed by Georgia. You know, and I don't even hear that out of a Cincinnati or a BYU or shoot, you know, even a Pac-12 team, you know. Like you said, the closest I, – I just kind of miss that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I miss I miss more parody. I miss more, uh, you know, just stories out of nowhere. Like this Iowa State team is a great story. They're number nine, and who cares? You know, they're not making the playoffs. 
Well, you need so. you need an expanded playoff to to cater to all that. I know you've been championing right. championing that for a while. Iowa State with two losses, uh, not going to get there. I, I know Ohio State, and look, as an admitted Ohio State fan, they've got their own issues, which we'll touch on here. But the problem is that they can't play non conference games. I mean that that just crippled, you know, fatally in in most of these cases. The chances for a Cincinnati, the chances for a Coastal Carolina, or yep. a, or a BYU. Now BYU, we might learn on something more later. But right, but no, that's the thing. I mean, it's unfortunate there that uh, this year without the non-conference games. I mean, Boise doesn't make you know doesn't get to their BCS games without that early win back in the day. You know, beating Oregon. Right. You know, starting the season out that way. Uh, same with the TCU teams before they joined the Power Five. So I think that's where we're at. But you know what else I'm sick of, Sully? I'm sick of losing these what? freaking teasers because this has just been, uh, oh, you know, man. Oregon and uh, Indiana and Maryland. You're all on my list. And it's not the yep, nice list. They're on, they're on the top of the list. They get nothing but coal. Ducks get coal. How does Oregon I mean, blow that game? Okay, like, look, Maryland, just for full disclosure, the Maryland-Indiana tees down over. Bad things happen. You know, there's some injuries. They're Maryland and Indiana. We'll, we'll, Maryland we'll had shoulder COVID the guys, blame. injuries for We'll Indiana. shoulder the blame yeah, we'll, for that. But Oregon yeah. to lose, just to lose outright that game to Oregon State, uh, that is just inexcusable. Honestly, honestly, I'm glad they did because mm-hmm. if you're not going to cover, you're going to lose outright. Damn it! That's what I'm. That's my philosophy. Just they just look soft, it. though. Don't they? Just look soft that game. Like that was my takeaway. Yeah. Like, we all know they're, they're athletic. They're going to have fancy jerseys and they're going to be playing fast and making plays on offense. But the second you know, they Jefferson's got punched back, the ball. That's all they could do. The second they got the punched back, Sully, they just they they didn't know how to get hit. You know, and that was what it looked no. like to me. Um, Jefferson's a heck of a back, and he's probably going to make the league one day. But the, stack the box. The quarterback's a bum. Most of the team's a bum. You have four stars across the, the board, basically, against a bunch of twos with one five-star. Stop the five-star, you know? And I don't think he was coming out of college, but he clearly is, you know, one of the top backs in the, in the league. So throw him a few stars, you know, after the fact. But, yeah, it's, that was a bad beat. The last 45 seconds of that game was also some of the worst officiated college football. And I've seen a lot. Again, it didn't. It had no impact on on our bet. We were suckers from the beginning of the second half, but it was terrible. The, the officiating lost control. It was just a giant mess. You had a new quarterback take his first play as a college football player on fourth and goal with the game on the line and score. So, I mean, who got to love Jonathan goal? Smith though, having the having <laughs> yeah. the uh, gumption to to put the backup in and have him take some snaps during the time out there. And that, that was. That was quite the uh, quite the move. Oregon jumped off sides on three straight plays, only two of which were called. It was great. It was just Pac-12 after dark, living through a pandemic. <laughs> uh, all right, college football talk, but before we get to the week of slates, Sean Sullivan here on the Money Mitchell yeah. Effect, before we get to the games, the issue of Ohio State came up because, uh, as you know, they didn't play last week. Uh, now they're looking at a potential uh, game against Michigan State, which as of this recording is on, but they'd have to, in theory – play that next game against Michigan or, or have another scheduled game, whether it's a, a Wisconsin game that would be rumored if the Michigan game doesn't happen, just to get to the Big Twelve yeah. champ, Big, Big Ten championship game, which may or may not affect the college football playoff rankings. And a lot's been said, a lot's been discussed on this issue. I think the first thing to do, I just want to get out of the way here, is uh, I know you know Herb Street got a lot of flack for what he said, and he since apologized. It probably, I mean, I, I think pretty much it wasn't the right venue or place to to say that, and I think the apology was pretty, you know, sufficient in that regard. 
but he's hearing yeah. that. I mean, he's plugged in. This isn't like a gossipy thing. This is a conversation that he's hearing. And I don't want to accuse, as much as I hate Michigan, of, of going that route. But it's something that's, you know, been considered by a lot of teams and not just of, you know, screwing over your rival. But there's a lot of questions, and some are justifiable, Sully, that should teams even go through the process of finishing their season, where a team like Ohio State could get hurt as a result of this. But, you know, I do think that's a legitimate issue that we're going to see down the stretch with these teams that aren't contenders. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, the people that are tapped in are hearing all sorts of stuff, you know, that are um... – I don't know anybody, but I know people that know people, yeah. and they're they're all hearing they're all hearing stuff that you know that a lot of conferences are holding this together right now. A lot of teams want to bow out, and, and who can blame them? You know, but, but right. great point by Dan Wetzel on the Yahoo College Sports podcast today was where Herbie really messed up is, is accusing Harbaugh like the ultimate nerd competitor. Like this guy threw pitch it, he threw full baseball games to himself as a kid. <laughs> because nobody else wanted to play with him. Like, the dude lives for competing, and there's no way he would go out there with the scrubs and play Ohio State if that's all he had, you know? Like, this guy's going to play. He's not backing out of this challenge. And, you know, he's, he has 30 years of being just a stubborn competitor. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't That's where well, he messed up. He's accusing, accusing Harbaugh in Michigan of it when he's an Ohio State alum, and he does a great job, in my opinion, of being – you know, take himself out of it, and then mm-hmm. he really is a a pretty uh, a level headed commentator. But yeah, this is this that was a little bit over the line there for sure. Yeah, uh, and I just want to also point out it's not just you know uh, an Ohio State issue, so to speak. I mean, we've seen Clemson have games canceled where they're you know obviously frustrated the Florida State one where it's like okay, we we still have something to play for. They the Seminoles don't look like they have much to play for yet. What I thought was interesting, yeah. Sully, too, is that. Uh, Wisconsin, Barry Alvarez, you know, is coming to the defense of Ohio State saying, you know, if something were to happen, we could schedule like kind of a shell game, you know, a game, an actual game, but something December 19th, Ohio State and Wisconsin. And what you have with college football is very interesting, especially the teams that are contending for a playoff spot. The conferences are sticking together and, and, and kind of want to protect their golden goose because it's money-based. You know, you're going to get that college football 100%. playoff if you if you get there. You definitely wouldn't see that in professional sports, and I don't think you'd see that in any other college sport either. No, it's so wacky. You know, and we saw it originally, the first, the first domino of, of conferences protecting their own was the SEC scheduling. And then you have yes. the eight, you know, months ago, and then you have or the sacrificing their own as well. scheduling. <laughs> yes, south, yes, exactly. So, protecting the golden goose and sacrificing their own is a great way to put it. Like, you know, and then you have the ACC coming out and realigning and, and basically saying, "All right, we've seen enough. We're going to pander to Clemson, Notre Dame, and then a little bit of Miami, and and the rest of you guys can, you know, tough kitty said the kitty, but the milk's still good. You know, <laughs> at least you're playing." So yeah. it's, it's, it, 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 it is what it is, and I can see why they're doing it because it's all about the dollar bill right now, and it always is about the dollar bill, especially in college football, but now more than ever in the middle of a pandemic when, when everybody's bleeding cash. So <laughs> Barry Alvarez normally wouldn't come to the defense of the Buckeyes. He's, he's like, you know, I think this, this game would be good for everybody. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a fascinating uh, question for sure, and it's one that I don't know the answer to. I know I'd like to see Ohio State contend for a title, but – you know, if they aren't able to play as many games, do they deserve a spot based on however good we think they are, however good they prove mm-hmm. to be when they play? Do they deserve a spot in the Final Four? I think part of that, you know, answer for me will also come to see how the season finishes out. If a Florida, you know, runs the table, beats Alabama, you know, Clemson, Notre Dame play close, 
A&M finishes right. with one loss. If those teams raise their level, then you have a legit case for, okay, maybe Ohio State isn't the team, just unfortunately based on the criteria. So something to think I, about. I, I, think, I think looking at Ohio State now, nobody's going to argue that they're a top-four team. But and if they do get a couple more games in, I don't think there's any issue of putting them in, whether it's the Big Ten Tala game or a, a, a buy or a, a, an add-on game against Wisconsin. But you're right. I think that the – what Buckeye fans need to need to do over the next couple of weeks is swallow swallow their pride a little bit, be a really really big Notre Dame and Bama fans, oh, and God. you don't <laughs> because that is the that is the one surefire way that Ohio State can get kicked out of a playoff. It's no Bama. Matter who they play, no matter it's, what they do. It, yeah, Sully, it's Bama. It's, I think it's, most it's realistic Florida. people are expecting Clemson to find a way with Trevor Lawrence to win that game, and then both of those teams right. get in. But Bama's the Bama's the key for Ohio State having no issue getting into if the Florida, Right. If Florida wins, woo, they're they're instantly hopping Ohio State. I don't care what Ohio State does. So you'd have, you know, so that, so you'd have two SEC, two ACC teams in the playoff. Now look, I'm not I, yeah. I'm not one of these people that's going to say the SEC having two has been an outrage. Blah blah. blah. I'm not going that route. But I will say, if you yeah. have a four-team college football playoff that's supposed to represent the Power Five and, and the other notable teams, and it's represented by a total of two conferences, might might have yeah. an issue there. Just, <laughs> just gonna. Yeah. Just gonna I mean, we already we already got a plethora of issues. It's basically been three teams, you know, from three different conferences, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. when it's taking their turns. Yeah. So I, I think that that would expedite the uh, the process if the big thing gets left out this year of of expanding this thing. You know, in reform. I shoot. That means I got to swallow the pill and cheer for Florida, which I I don't I don't know if I can. You know, if we, I do, uh, I do think we deserve more playoff games. We will. We will have to wait and see. Uh, but all right, Sully, let's start picking some games here. Uh, starting yeah. with just because we don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, a reoccurring theme this year has been games get canceled, games might get added on. You don't know what's going to actually kick off at uh, at the start date until the morning of the game. But I was yep, looking forward to I was looking forward to Liberty and Coastal Carolina. It's not official official, but it seems that that game has been scrapped. And BYU seems like it's going to be added in its place, which is a huge opportunity for BYU to get a chance to win another game, to play another game against a ranked team. Hundred uh, percent. I'm missing out on Hugh Freeze and Coastal, but BYU and and Coastal. If this happens, well, baby, it might even happen next week, which would be cool too. They they move up Troy for Coastal this weekend. And then it would be BYU next week and potentially. So, isn't it? Yes, I just want to. I just want to interrupt you one second. I just want to interrupt you one second. It's just so funny. Yeah. I know it's funny to you too. Where we have to wait like decades to get these rivalry games, these these rare oh r- rare games scheduled. I mean, home and homes. And this year, it's just like, oh yeah, sure, let's do it. Four days, three days. I, 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 if I ever have to see a college football game past three years out, four <laughs> years out, if I see another announcement of twenty forty five. Alabama's playing Ohio State. I'm going to puke. <laughs> this, this year has completely proven yeah. that we could get these major games and we could get them real quick. Oh, boy. You know? So let's freaking see some big games, you know? I'm, I'm so sick of the UTEP-Tennessee game. Let's, let's, see, let's see some big games. What do you think that line would be, BYU-Coastal ballpark range? Oh, uh, man. I would say if it's at Coastal, give me, give me Coastal by a point. I think you know, BYU I think is going to be a. I think BYU is going to be a road favorite, probably by a field goal. Would be my guess. I know your guess. I know it's on the road. Yeah. I, I just think this team they're going to value what they've done. I know the college football playoff hasn't valued it, but I think BYU 
would be the favorite. Yeah, Vegas definitely values it. And BYU and Alabama are two teams that I would love to bet on for the rest of the season, I think. They're both historically messing people up. So, And I love Coastal. I'm a Coastal fan, but... I don't think Coastal's seeing anybody like Zach Wilson. No, he's a bad boy, man. That is a that is a good quarterback and will excel at the next level too. I firmly believe. Uh, so what we know, <laughs> what we know for this week, though, it's an interesting slate. Not the best, not the worst, but uh, we have options, and that's. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that have talked about that. Uh, Sully, yep. I will. Uh, I'll start with. Uh, you know, some of the, the favorites, teams at the top of the playoff uh, ranking and how they might favor as, you know, not really tested, but as big point uh, favorites. You have Notre Dame mm-hmm. 33. I think I know where you're going. You have Notre Dame 33.5 over Syracuse. You have Ohio State about 23 or so over Michigan State. You have Bama as well playing LSU in a night game, and that used to be <laughs> used to be a game that we were all looking forward to. Uh, now it seems mm-hmm. like it's Bama on the road, a four-touchdown favorite. So those three are the ones that yeah. stand out. There's another game I want to get to that I absolutely love, but just to start with those three. I love Bama. I just alluded to it a little second ago. They're historically nasty. They're historically explosive. They're, their defense is gross and, and really starting to click recently. LSU, if it wasn't for the rain, I think would have gotten blown out a little bit more and gotten, a, gotten another couple touchdowns out of Kelamon last week. So I, I think that was that was a little bit of a smoke and mirror defensive performance from the Tigers. They can't move the ball at all is the key. Like, what are they going to put up, two touchdowns maybe, like against that defense? I mean. Yeah, I, I think Bama is probably. Bama's going to put up 40. Bama is the best teaser option this week. I firmly believe that in terms of the favorites because you get them down to 23, and uh, I absolutely love it. You know, I think four oh, touchdowns Florida. is like four, four. T- yeah, well, uh, we're 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 that sectioning off. Two touchdowns. We're sectioning off just the playoff teams. Okay. We'll get to that, but I just okay. like Bama okay. in this in this slot for the super big spreads because yep. you can get it. There's something about four touchdowns. It's still just a little weird for me. Like it's just like a number that I can't wrap my head around. You can't get over. That's a lot of points. Uh, it's a lot of points. But and look, let's be honest. Yeah. This isn't. This is a year without fans. It makes a huge difference at LSU. Maybe as much as any place in the country. So especially mm-hmm. night game. That's another good point. But I, I, I think Saban, after last year, doesn't forget the dude loves revenge games. He's going to put the pedal to the metal. Oh, he He's loves revenge games as much as, as much as he loves the Weather Channel. Yes, exactly, and 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 like reruns of Golden Girls or whatever he watches. Like I, I, he's going to Matlock, run it up she on Kojo. Murder She Wrote, yeah, absolutely, he's a yeah. Murder She Wrote guy. He was just sure. watching Gunsmoke in the coach's <laughs> office. Um, I uh, I'm going to say I'm a little turned off by Notre Dame Syracuse of those games. I know Syracuse is terrible, but Notre Dame is. Oh, uh, so and, and this is a this is a compliment. I know it doesn't sound like one. But they're very workmanlike. I don't think they're a team that I trust with a lot of big spreads. You know, they've they've played, yep. they've they've kind of put it on neutral. They put it on autopilot. They've just kind of got in, got out of games. So I would stay away they, from that. They pound it down your throat and and try to try to really impose their will late. You know, you saw that in North Carolina, and they it didn't end up covering that game. But they'll pound the rock late against them. And I don't know if the inbox going to be swinging it around, and Jerry Hughes can put one in late. So yeah, I agree with you. They're not like. They don't have the eye of the tiger quite like uh, Bama. Give me the tide over those three. Boy, Syracuse spiking the ball on fourth down. That's a, that's a tough one to overcome, even in a year when you've been pouring out for a boy, Ron. 
Man, yeah, it's a tough one good. for Ron. I know it's uh, God. I, you know, the theme of this too is I have a lot of friends that used to be excited about coaching hires. <laughs> I've, watched yeah. the whole, I've watched the whole the whole uh, trend, the whole circle. You know. Um, yeah, it's a circle. Ohio State, Michigan State's an interesting one. I think there's a lot of reason to uh, have questions about this spread. It might be, even be my stay away, although I can get talked into it. But you don't know what Ohio State's you know going to have until they play. Day's not going to be on the mm-hmm. sidelines. And Michigan State is, at times, a scrappy team, which means that they could probably lose by 40 or make it a one-score game late. So I don't know what to yeah. fully expect. I think Ohio State wins by at least two touchdowns, but twenty three points, man. I, I just I don't know. I don't know what the what the sideline's gonna be like, not under Ryan Day. Right. I'm with you. They're eighty eight percent of the money though is going on, on Ohio State with sixty three percent of the bets. So you have some big money guys loving some buckeyes, so could potentially get talked into it as well. But yeah, if you're forcing me to bet on one of these games uh, and put the 401k down on them. One, one of these three, I would I would go with the Tide. Both of these teams have been Jekyll and yeah. Hyde at times. You, are you going to get the Ohio State in the second half of the Indiana game? Indiana game? Are you going to get you know the Michigan team that that just embarrassed Michigan? Or are you going to which one's showing up here? You know, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm staying away. Well, my favorite I saved for last that that doesn't include uh, these three. I just love Clemson, Virginia Tech. So we yes. got to follow the money, and we got to follow the Trevor Lawrence, yes. Davo Sweeney revenge game. They uh, are they are when they're angry. It's a different when they're just just annoying people to be around. That's when you know it's time to follow Clemson. Uh, Trevor it's Lawrence only twenty one and a half. They're going to beat them by forty. I almost yes. feel like they're oh, becoming this year's first half team. You know, like I, I think obviously the Notre Dame game and then the Boston College game kind of threw everybody off the strength, which the stench, which by the way, Boston College is uh, well coached to my uh, to my former Buckeye out there. But uh, yeah. I think I think Clemson, look, I think Clemson, Trevor Lawrence played the first half as good as anyone's played the quarterback position all year. No one really saw it last week because they were just rolling, but they're going to they're going to comfortably cruise. Yeah, first half, first quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, entire game. Like they're going to roll. Virginia Tech is so dead in the water. Like they don't care. They don't want to be here. It's you're going to see a lot of these big spreads get covered. I think down the stretch here in the next few weeks because you got this team just quitting. You're coming off of Thanksgiving and you're 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 getting into holiday season. They just want to go home, man. They've been a lot of these kids have been in the complexes and haven't gone home since April, you know? So yeah, it's tough. And you got to, you got to really tip your cap to, to the college kids. And I don't, I don't know if the fans really understand what they've gone through, you know? So it's, it's going to be a lot of teams quitting down the stretch. Yeah. And I love Virginia tech Saturday night, uh, in a sleepy lane stadium to quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please quit way down. Um, all right, before we kind of just do rapid fire here, do you have a live dog? You know, we always we pick a lot of favorites, but somebody getting points. Yeah, you know, like you're you're feeling maybe think, not to win, but you I'm, know to cover. So I, I've liked our our. I don't know why we've we've done this at times, but I've kind of liked our our go with the dog or the, the favorite and try to slip singles yeah. and doubles this year because mm-hmm. you never you never never know. This year has been so wacky, so upside down. Just bet bet with the good teams and bet what you know. Yeah. Um, but let's see. Underdogs that I like. 
Because I'll give you one, and I'll give you one theory. If it's an underdog I like, it's a it's the Pac-12. And you know what? Yeah. I also like our theory of when we get embarrassed by a team going the other way. Oregon State, 11 and a half. Okay. So Oregon State, 11 and a half. I cannot remember where that game's at. Not it's, that in matters, it's in Utah. It's in Utah. It's in Utah. And I just want to make sure that these games are scheduled as played. Like we, there's a lot of conflicting news, but that game, as I as 730, I understand, is still on. <laughs> Seven thirty. I do like that. I, 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 I Oregon yeah. State sucks though. That team is really bad. Utah um, blew it last yeah. week, though, right? That was the Washington game that nobody nobody saw. <laughs> That's right. That's another one that nobody saw. <laughs> that they choked um, away. Yeah. I, I don't hate it. You know, I don't hate it. Get 10 I'm, points, have fun. You know, not your biggest bet. You know, just just walk up to the batter's box and swing at a couple pitches. Swing, swing at a couple pitches. Okay. I, I, yep, I'll take that. What about UCLA getting six points against Arizona State? Arizona State has played a few six weeks. now? Wow. Hmm. So, I, I don't know. I don't know if uh, if it's going to be the, the, the Bruins team that, you know, they're, they're another up and down one like, historically. With Chip Kelly, but yeah, I, they lost to an undefeated Colorado team. They lost a close one to Oregon, and they've beaten they beat Arizona by uh, multiple scores and Cal by multiple scores. So it's a scrappy little bunch from uh, from pas- out in Pasadena finally. And Arizona State only played one game, and they blew it against USC. So they have a bad taste in their mouth. They've had to sit on it a few weeks, but that's a, that's a lot of points. Okay. Uh, I have another one that I don't think you're going to be a fan of, but I just think this line is a throw. You know, this is a the classic. This line doesn't make sense. I'm just taking the value here. I know they beat Michigan last week, but Penn State being like 11 and a half points. I know it's Rutgers. Um, I just, I don't, I don't see that respect. Like, I'm just pissed that they have that respect with the betting line, with the betting market right now. That's too many points. No, Penn State being 12 oh. point favorites on the road. They're not a good football oh, team. That is terrible. They're not yeah. a good football team. No. <laughs> what? No. I no. They're awful, ridiculously awful team. Rutgers actually has heart and they're playing for something. Like I could see three. I could see like three point road favorites, but eleven and a half just is insane to me. That is too many points. All right. I'm already I'm already seeing the teaser shape up. Rutgers as our dog. We got Florida and Bama in there as well. And, and I was saving the last. Call it the, call it the, call it the Tennessee teaser. I was saving the, the last special. for you. Yeah, I was saving the uh, the uh, last for you, which, by the way, before I bonus one in there, I kind of like that post. Uh, another team that's getting too many points, even though it's at home, is uh, Kentucky 11.5 South Carolina. The post, when you fire a coach that nobody wants, you could actually play better. We've seen they're a lot of times. So dead, they're so dead in the water, though. They were dead in the water last week. But, but yeah, Kentucky they could. can't move the ball, though. Like No, Kentucky's terrible. <laughs> that's the thing. Like I mean, not to bring up bad memories, but when you guys lost to him, it was because your quarterback kept throwing to the wrong team because he's, like, colorblind or something. Well, the, the South Carolina is only, like, 15th quarterback, so yeah. they could easily do that, too. Mm-hmm. Kentucky is definitely not two touchdowns better than than South Carolina. It's right. I mean, that line's pretty good, you know, because I think by far the best unit in this game is that the Wildcat defense, and they could only score two touchdowns and shut out South Carolina. That's how bad the South Carolina offense is, you know. They yeah. they look scrappy at times against Georgia. 
So maybe, maybe I don't know. Boy, yeah, the bottom of the SEC is just, I mean, awful, <laughs> right? I just don't want to. It ain't good. <laughs> there, there is just some it just good. Vanderbilt, it's South fun. Carolina. I mean, it, ugh. Well, it's like he's Ole Miss is not good, but at least they're fun. They're putting up a trillion points and breaking breaking records. So yeah. they're happy in Oxford at least. They got the egg bowl. I saved the worst for last. It's it's yeah. rough times in uh, at Rocky Top. They got the Gators mm-hmm. coming up, and it's uh, still under three touchdowns, which is uh, an interesting thing to to see. But so, your thoughts on the current state of the Vols? Your current uh, opinions of uh, Coach Pruitt and uh, this game against the uh, hated Gators? In twenty nine years on this planet, I have never been so just apathetic towards the Florida week. It hasn't felt like the normally I have pits in my stomach. I am at this point talked myself into a balls victory in the week and I am pacing, waiting for Saturday. I have thought about the game twice, if that. One with the Palmer and then one right now as we're talking right now. One with the Palmer quote and one now. Like it, it is embarrassing the state of this program Pruitt got on his on his the natives are restless Pruitt got on his vol call show today tonight and a caller said when are you going to admit you're not a ball coach and go back to Alabama (laughs) so uh pretty rough I I didn't know what he I didn't know what he answered to that but evidently it was a pass and kind of deflected it pretty well but yeah he's he's a Will Muschamp you know (laughs) that's Oh no! That's, that's his max. He's 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 a he's a defensive coordinator that you know could coach anywhere in the country if he if he wants to be a DC and can absolutely recruit with the best of them and put together staff that recruit, can recruit the best of them. But they've shown they can't develop, and that was the same issue Butch Jones had. Uh, year yeah. three, you're going backwards. It's time to cut bait. I don't care if it's twenty million dollars. It's because of the AD that we're in this situation. Philip Fulmer is, is um, thank you for the 1998 national championship, but it's 2020. You gave the guy an extension. You gave yourself an that extension. Was, that was the crazy part. Like you, you extended somebody. Nobody's stealing either one of you. Neither one of you. You guys are just lighting your own freaking pockets. Nobody is stealing either one of you. You're going nowhere with a Knoxville. This was a prudent year for Pruitt. It always has been. And Fulmer gives an extension in the offseason and gives himself an extension in the offseason. It doesn't really matter about dates, you know, because it, in the middle of a pandemic, it's bad. And in, in, in the middle of a, a boon of money, it's bad. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like it, it, that was a terrible move. So, and universities keep doing it everywhere, but they alive. It's, it's an awful situation. And it's set back, Pruitt set this, this sucker back another five years. And then if we're lucky. You know, it could be another decade before we see a heartbeat in Knoxville. So, wow. basketball school, baby. Well, basketball school. So, uh, I guess what you're saying is we're riding Dork Vader this week in Florida. Dork Vader, hundred percent hammer him. Uh, Eric Berry, I don't, like I don't I even said, want a teaser. The door. I don't. I don't. I don't even want to put this in the teaser category. No, right? no. This is this is too juicy. Yeah. I'm so locked in on on Florida this week. There's like. If you trot out Harrison Bailey, it doesn't matter. Florida's defense is going to swarm him. Grantham has been getting chewed recently by Dork Vader himself on the sidelines. Not so much this week, my friend. But this is a he's going to be able to dial up any whatever pressure he can get. And uh, the offensive line's been a disappointment for Tennessee. That was supposed to be the top five in the country. Quarterback's been a disappointment. Play calling's been a disappointment. 
defense, Jeremy Pruitt specialty, huge disappointment. And guess what? You got one of the best offenses in the country coming into your place with a frequentoid tight end. Oh, uh, the, who has second most touchdowns in the country behind Devonta Smith. You have a uh, Kadarius Tony who has more yards after broken tackles than anybody else in the country. And you have a, just a sieve of a defense. Give it to me. Three touchdowns at least, if not more. Gators, huge. This is my lock. Put it all on it. Put the mortgage on it. Put the kids' tuition on it. Do whatever. It's, it's bank, blood bank, down. I, 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 we bet the Tennessee-Alabama game, and I was very sure then. I'm even more sure now. This, this is going to be a nasty day in Knoxville, and, and the players are going to quit on Pruitt by the second quarter. This thing is so done. It's so, gross. I shouldn't be laughing. Well, you can laugh all like you want. T- this is a Tennessee. Like for people that don't know, you bleed volunteer orange. You are as big, yeah. as more of a passionate fan as just about anybody I know, and you're mm-hmm. just resigned to your fate that the team is pathetic. The program, pathetic. I should say, even worse than that. Um, wow. The program's uh, pathetic. I yeah. I don't know. I mean, is he going to be the coach? Last thing, is he going to be the coach next year? If you had to say. Yeah, you can't buy him out. You have an AD that you can't buy him out. You got an AD that just extended everybody, so you can't afford to cut him. You've you've already had every, every, not to mention you also had your your staff. Only two, other than the head coach, you only had two staff members take pay cuts when when everybody was asked to. So you're just bleeding money, and you, you can't afford to. I, I think if you had a candidate, a lot like what Texas is going to do, and they're trying they're going to try to back channel. Uh, Herman and you know yeah. try to go after the big the big fish and if you know if they have that big fish they're going to make the move but Chris Del Conte is a, an AD Phil Fulmer is a football coach and I don't see him back channeling whatsoever the only thing I see him back channeling is a second helping of <laughs> banana pudding from Calhoun's on the river like that's the only thing I see him back channeling I, uh... it, it's like <laughs> And I used to have nothing but respect for the man, but when you when you go and it, I completely I completely lost it when he extended Pruitt going into the season, and now it looks like it, it, it looks like a, a nail in his own coffin by the day. You know, like you can't trust him to make the second hire. He hasn't done anything to help the program. No. He's barely like it's just it's, no. it's it's a mess. It's a dumpster fire. It's making me bet Florida and Bama. That's how bad the program is. Like. I'm all about lining my pockets, but if we could find better games out there, I would avoid betting against betting with the arch rivals. And uh, we, we're, we're, we're batting for the cycle here, going for Bama, Georgia, Florida here. So wow. it's, it's uh, you, might, you might as well hedge your feelings. I'm all about hedge your feelings. Yeah. Everybody out there, if you're as passionate as I am about any team, and you feel really bad about it going into a game, just put you know put ten fifteen bucks on it, you know, and. Uh, Skip, skip ordering pizza for the game, and if you lose, hey, at least you got some money. There you go. Well, I knew that you had your doubts, and I never trusted uh, Pruitt fully when I found out he was a skull dipper. I mean, that was just unacceptable yeah. then, and uh, told us all yeah, we really 100%. need to know. Uh, all right. Well, Sully, I'm glad you got that off your chest. Hopefully there's brighter days for you uh, in, in Vol Country. As far as the, uh, the teaser this week, I think we like, uh, it sounds like Bama. Clemson and Rutgers getting 17 points or so. 
Is that the three we would like Clemson to lock Rutgers, in? I love it. Lock it in, and Florida as our straight-up bet. And Florida as our straight-up bet of the week. If, if you want free money, bet on, bet on the Gators. That's, uh, that's what we're going at this week. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to have more money than you have right now, bet on the Gators. Uh, Sully, yeah. pleasure as always. Keep doing great things with the Yahoo Sports College Football Podcast. And uh, thanks for uh, coming on this show yet again uh, through the years as well. Thank you so much. Congrats on uh, 250, and thanks for letting me uh, get get a lot of lot of uh, basically a free therapy session. You know, just kind of pretty cathartic. Had to get a lot off my chest. Free therapy, and this is the week we turn it around. I know we said that in the past, but this is the real week. This is it. Circle the wagon, baby. That's it for today's episode of The Money Mitch Effect. Thanks again to both Chris Miller and Sean Sullivan. Just want to also point out that it is official now after I recorded with Sully sometime uh, later on. They did finalize that BYU will be playing Coastal Carolina, and BYU is actually close to a 10-point favorite. So we were way off, but Sully, sorry, man, love you. I was a little closer on that one, so I'll just claim that dub. But thanks again to both Sully and Chris Miller. Thanks to everybody for listening and all the guests who appeared on this show the last four years. 250 episodes is no small feat. And I'm proud of it. I'm proud of where we're going and, and just being able to talk to everybody out there listening. But it would have been possible without all the people who not only listened, but appeared graciously, gave their time, and appeared as guests on the show. So big ups and big thanks to all of them. We'll be back next week to talk more football. Got some hockey news hopefully coming up. We want to get a season started there. We do have some college basketball as well. Might have to dive a little more into that. Always some big fights as well in the UFC and in boxing. Catch me on Twitter, MoneyMitchM21. Follow the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page. And follow all of our cataloged episodes of the Money Mitch Effect on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. I'm Mitch Michaels. Thank you for listening. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Keep enjoying sports.